Hello and welcome to the Get Transformed podcast of Transformation Christian Fellowship. We are so excited that you are tuning in, and hope that you would be empowered and transformed by the Word of God. Daniel chapter, oh, excuse me, Daniel chapter 1 verse 8. I'm sorry. <laughs> we have declared 2023 to be the year of distinction. Um... The meaning of distinction, really briefly, and I'll put it on there, is the act of perceiving someone or something as being not the same and often treating as separate or different, the distinguishing of a difference. And the Lord told me that this year would be a year where God will distinguish and mark out his remnant so that his glory will be evident in the land. And we've been saying this every week since the start of this series. I want you to say it with me and say it strong. Say, I don't have to try. I just have to be. Hallelujah. Let's say it one more time with boldness. Say, I don't have to try. I just have to be. Hallelujah. That's what this year distinguished us being who we are already been called to be by God and walking in that so that the world may know that there is a God and there, there is a people who are sold out to this God and that our lives look different from the systems of this world so that true transformation in Christ will happen not only in your home but in the homes of others amen so let's go to Daniel chapter 1 verse 8 Daniel chapter 1 verse 8 I'm going to do read 10 verses for your hearing but it shouldn't be that bad. But Daniel purposed in his heart that he would not defile himself with the portion of the king's delicacies, nor with the wine which he drank. Therefore, he requested of the chief of the eunuchs that he might not defile himself. Verse 9. Now God had brought Daniel into the favor and goodwill of the chief of the eunuchs. Verse 10. And the chief of the eunuchs said to Daniel, I fear the Lord, the king, who has appointed your food and drink. For why should he see your faces looking worse than the young men who are your age? Then you would endanger my head before the king. Verse 11. So Daniel said to the steward whom the chief of the eunuchs had set over Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. Verse 12. I spent time to make sure I got those names right yesterday. Please test your servants for 10 days and let them give us vegetables to eat and water to drink. Verse 13. Then let our appearance be examined before you in the appearance of the young men who eat the portion of the king's delicacies. And as you see fit, so deal with your servants. Verse 14. So he consented with them in this manner and tested them 10 days verse 13 and the end of 10 days their features appeared better and fatter in flesh than all the young men who ate the portion of the king's delicacies verse 16 thus the steward took away their portion of delicacies and the wine that they were to drink and gave them vegetables verse 17 says as for these young as for these four young men God gave them knowledge and skill in all literature and wisdom. And Daniel had understanding in all visions and dreams. 
verse 18, and we'll stop here. Let's everybody read this together with one strong voice. Now at the time, now at the end of the days, when the king has said that they should be brought in, the chief of the eunuchs brought them in before Nebuchadnezzar. I want to talk to you today from the subject, uh, from the subject this morning entitled the choice to live distinguished the choice to live distinguished the choice to live distinguished ladies and gentlemen we are here in this text of Daniel for those of you who may be new to this I never say that this is a familiar passage because you may not be familiarized with it you know some of us who grew up in church you know that this is a bible story and they got nice videos on YouTube that I show my son about this story to get him to be quiet and, and to learn about God at the same process. It keeps his attention for a while. But anyway, I, 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 this is one of my favorite verses, I mean, favorite chapters, and one of my favorite people in the Bible, Daniel, uh, because of what Daniel stood for. Um, here in this verse, we have it, excuse me, here in this chapter, it's introduced. I'm not going to get into all of the uh, background things where people argue if Daniel really wrote this book or somebody else wrote it. I don't got time for that this morning. So Daniel wrote it. <laughs> and so here we have it in this chapter. Nebuchadnezzar has sieged uh, Jerusalem. And at the time, King Jehoiakim was the king of Judea. All right. And uh, this king did wicked before God and God, like you see in this, as you read the Old Testament. And if you do read the Old Testament, which I encourage you to do, you'll see how Israel gone through constant cycles of in, in enslavement one moment and out of it the next. Yeah. And it's kind of the you, we see that with Israel because it's kind of the same thing that happens in our own personal lives. That sometimes we're with God and then sometimes because of our shortcomings, that's why we need a savior. Yeah. All right. And so they find themselves to be under Nebuchadnezzar, ladies and gentlemen. Now, Nebuchadnezzar, he what he does in his tactics, in his strategy, what he does is he tries to annihilate uh, the whole area. He tries to annihilate the area, siege it, and then take the smartest and the wisest people and, and, and indoctrinate them into the way of the Chaldeans. All right? Now, the way of the Chaldeans, ladies and gentlemen, is not the way of God. Uh, he tries to uh, uh, indoctrinate them in the ways of the Chaldean. He tries to conquer them, and he does this so that it gives the government an unending supply of capable people. It further cripples the conquered nation, rendering them helpless, and it ensures that the conquered nation will not want to retaliate because their own loved ones live in the conquering land. So he does this strategically, and he's wise, he's smart. And so Daniel and his friends, ladies and gentlemen, are one of the deportees. Daniel and his friends were not the only ones that were deported. There was a large group of, of wise, smart individuals like Daniel, uh, uh, Michelle, Azariah, all of them who uh, were under the king's camp. And they were getting trained in the way of the Chaldean. This is going to make sense to you in a moment. 
and they are expect, expected to assimilate to the Babylonian way of life. This includes changing their names. Nebuchadnezzar renames the deportees to complete their conversion to Babylonian society and to, and to uh, demonstrate his status as their master. All right. And so when you see the names that you mentioned here, we know them as Daniel, uh, 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 Shadrach and Abednego. And Daniel's name was changed to Belshazzar. And so those are not their real names. Their real names is Daniel, Hananiah, Michelle and Azariah. But their names got changed so that their names would reflect this new way. This is about to make sense to you in a second. Here's what is happening, ladies and gentlemen, and here's the reality of what we deal with today is that this, ladies and gentlemen, this way of Nebuchadnezzar represents the world and its system. How the Bible says that we were born into sin, meaning that when you were born and when we were born into sin, we were already born with that fleshly nature that is opposed, ladies and gentlemen, to the way of God. Meaning that you don't know the way of God because we live in this culture and in this way, in this, in this day and age, ladies and gentlemen, that is ruled by Satan. And because of that, ladies and gentlemen, it takes the salvation of the Lord to transform us, ladies and gentlemen, into a new way of thinking. Because you don't think that way initially. You come out the, you come out the gate full of sin. I helped the... I hate to bust your bubble. You come out the gate knowing how to sin. Nobody got to teach you how to sin. <laughs> you can sin and you can do it well. Nobody can tell you how to do it. You may have influences along the way to help you to try new things in sinning. But it, it's in you. Let your faith rise with Pastor Brandon's 21-day faith declaration journal. Available now on Amazon. Receive inspiring scriptures and journal to grow your faith in God. Purchase it now on Amazon. And so, ladies and gentlemen, this way that of the world and this system that is in the temptation that tells us that, hey, compromise this, compromise, that's an easy way for us. And this is the way of the Chaldeans. This is the way of the Chaldean. They were taught, supposed to be taught in the literature, taught in its way, and also taught in the way of they, how they do astrology and all of those things as a way of trying to be soothsayers and able to predict the future when the king has dreams. Yeah, Are you hearing what I'm saying? And so they're living in a, a, a culture, ladies and gentlemen, that is opposed to their Hebrew culture, which is the way of God. And here we have the reason why Israel goes in and out of enslavement is because they can't stay true to the way of God. And every time they get enslaved, they realize when they wanted to go to other gods because of how it looked, it ended up being worse for them. And so you tend to see that every time you step out of God because something looks to be good, when you actually get in it, you realize it was not as good as I thought it would be. And so now they're enslaved, right? But there were only these young men who decided and made a choice to live distinguished. Now, we live in this divide. Now, let's get into what I want to show us first. The first point I want to give us this morning is choosing to live, uh, choosing to live a life of distinction is living in a foreign culture without compromise. Amen. Yeah. Say so, Pastor. 
Living in a culture, ladies and gentlemen, write this down. Choosing to live a life of distinction is living in a foreign culture. The word, the way of the world is foreign. It is not what you've been, it is not where you come from. <laughs> That's why the old folks used to say, I'm a pilgrim on this journey. Because this is not my final home. I'm not from this world. Ladies and gentlemen, this is foreign. What am I talking about, ladies and gentlemen? He, they, Daniel and, and, and them are living in this culture that's foreign to them. It's foreign to what Jewish law is. It's foreign to what God has put in place. The way of the Hebrew is the way of God. Are you hearing me? So that, this culture is opposed to righteousness. This culture is opposed to holiness. And so, ladies and gentlemen, there were people who indoctrinated themselves in the culture a little bit too far. Because what they, when the delicacies came in front of them, they ate of it. When the, food, when the king's table was presented in front of them, they ate of it. They lusted after what the king had. Instead of staying true to, the, to, their, to, whom, uh, to whom they, uh, to whom they or are supposedly supposed to believe. And the ladies and gentlemen, a lot of us sometimes fall prey to trying to get adapted and indoctrinated and try to conform to a culture that's foreign to you. Let me tell you something. The moment you give your life to Christ is the moment that the culture of the world is foreign. The moment you give your life to Jesus is the moment you realize, wait a minute, actually that is wrong because the Holy Spirit gives you a conviction that is different from what is of the world. The world tells you to compromise. The world tells you to indulge in your temptations. The world tells you this ain't going to hurt you. But God said, ah, 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 don't do that. The reason why I'm telling you to live by the spirit so you don't want to fulfill the way of the flesh. The reason why I'm telling you that you are a part of the kingdom is because our kingdom stands distinguished from that of the world. This is foreign. This is where you actually are meant to be. The world tells you you got to look like one another and what, what the kingdom tells you is that you got to look like Christ. <laughs> ah, it's a foreign culture, ladies and gentlemen. Hallelujah. It's like when you are, you are from the United States, but when you step into another country, it's foreign to you. You don't know the way of the world. You don't know the way of the land. You don't know their language. You don't know all of that stuff. It is foreign to them. And we find here that Daniel... And Michelle and Hezariah and Hananiah, they're in here. And this is foreign. I don't mind learning about your, the literature and all of those things. I don't mind learning and all of that stuff. But because it's not against Jewish custom to learn. I want to stop right here. Some people think just because you believe the Bible that you're dumb. That you're supposed to be a dummy. That you're not supposed to educate yourself. That you're not supposed to indoctrinate yourself with how the way things work here. I call that you're so pseudo that you don't know anything. That, that, that's not a real belief, ladies and gentlemen. It's okay to indoctrinate yourself. It's okay to assimilate yourself to the way in which you think so you can know how to then navigate in it. If you're going to be wise, you got to know how to navigate in where you are. 
See, a real wisdom is knowing that, listen, just because I'm around you, just because I'm learning and doing all of those things, I don't have to compromise who I am just because I'm at a certain place. Daniel and them didn't have a problem. Okay, you can change my name, but I know who I am. You can change, you can try to wipe away my identity, but I know who it's in. My identity is not in the name, it's in Jesus. And see the problem with sometimes, and I, and I, I got to call our culture out, sometimes we so caught up into uh, where our, our, our own nationality where we don't realize that nationality don't matter to God. <laughs> he don't care because in his eyes, he sees us all the same. He sees us as one people. And when, especially when you give your life to Christ, we are one people under God who represent God in the earth. All right, let's give this Bible so we can make this make sense. Let's hear the words of Jesus from John chapter 17, verses 14 through 19. Let's read it all together. Let's read. And for their sakes, let's start, no, let's start at verse 14. Verse 14. There we go. Let's read it all. I have given them your word, and the world has hated them because they are not of the world, just as I am not of the world. Verse 15. I do not pray that you should take them out of the world, but that you should keep them from the evil one. Verse 16. They are not of the world, just as I am not of the world. Verse 17, sanctify them by your truth. Your word is truth. Verse 18, as you sent me into the world, I also have sent them into the world. Who's he talking about? Who's he talking about? Point to yourself. He's talking to me. Verse 19, let's read all together. And for their sakes, I sanctify myself that they may also be sanctified by the truth. He says, listen. Because I'm not of this world, you are not of this world. Your helper that lives in you is not of this world, the Holy Spirit. And because of that, I'm not, God, Jesus prayed, he said, I'm not asking you to take them out of the world. No, 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 I'm asking you to keep them from the evil one while they're present here. <laughs> Jesus was praying that, he, that, that, God would, that, that God would keep us from the evil one. But he said, but you are not of this world. He said, he tells them to sanctify them in the truth. What is that truth that you're not of this world? What is the revelation here that I'm not of this world? Hallelujah. Though I'm in the world, I'm not of the world. What does that mean? What is he trying to say that to a world system ruled by Satan? We can more readily appreciate Christ's claims that believers are no longer for, no longer of the world. That we are no longer ruled by sin, nor are we bound by the principles of this world. What he's saying is being in the world also means we can enjoy the things of the world, such as the beautiful creation God has given us. But we are not to immerse ourselves in what the world values, nor are we to chase after worldly pleasures. Pleasure is no longer our calling in life as it once was, but rather the worship of God. So what is Jesus telling us? That listen, that my friend is gone. And guess why you got to be renewed by the transforming of your mind so you can be sanctified in this truth. Hallelujah. 
What is the truth? That I'm a born again, blood washed believer and I'm not of this world because my daddy exists outside of time. And because my daddy exists outside of time, that means that whatever's going on here, though I might be affected by it, it will overcome me because I belong to the king. And when you understand how a kingdom works, the king is responsible for those who are under him. So the king is responsible for my welfare. The king is responsible for my health. The king is responsible for the things that I cannot control outside of myself. Said I'm not of this world. I have another home. Oh my goodness. I know people shout about this when somebody dies. But I got another home not made by human hands. Hallelujah. I have another home in this earthly house. Because oh my God goes back here. I got another building. Oh my God. Uh, let's move. Here we go. He said sanctify them in this. Sanctify them. In this revelation. This truth. You don't have to chase pleasures. Because in him <laughs> obtains everything that pertains to godliness. <sighs> Hallelujah. That's why it's important to chase the glory of God. Why? Because in him are pleasures forevermore. Are you getting what I'm saying? See, well, here's the thing. Our flesh fights with the fact if, if that's true. Our flesh fights with the fact of trying to be accepted in a culture that Jesus said will hate you. Why will they hate you? Because you're contrary to what popular belief is. People are asking, why do you believe this Jesus person? He's made up. And that's the most ignorant thing somebody could say. It's so pseudo. Why? Because you have other people. There's a book about uh, Harbamaeus, Har whatever his name is, Garnakis, and he has this book, and he writes about the the third, the the, the other sources who can testify of Jesus' existence. And they go to talk about Josephus. They talk about all of these other historians. It goes so deep that some of the historians can tell you what the weather was like when the day of the crucifixion was. Dr. Eric Mason just did a post about this the other day, trying to explain to people that is a dumb argument. To try to try to try to, to believe that this historical Jesus did not exist. When there's so many sources that are so close to the day of uh, the day of his resurrection versus the sources that are on a Julius Caesar or any other source that is out there that people believe or a Socrates that we didn't have information to him until hundreds of years later. And you say he's made up. You have to understand that the world wants you to, the, the Bible says the rulers of this world want to cover the people's eyes. He wants to keep them blinded. Why? Because if you just come into your identity about the revelation of who Christ is, if you come into your distinction, if you come into your purpose, you will begin to upset hell and upset the people that surround you. Say I'm distinguished. I'm not of this world. He says, sanctify them in this. Jesus prayed that sanctify your people. Let them understand that if they can just get this mindset, they won't be trying to be people pleasers. 
You know why you're a people pleaser? Because you're trying to get people to accept you that won't. Your values are not the same. What you stand on isn't the same. How can two walk together unless they agree? We don't walk in the same step. We can be, oh my God, we can be acquaintances, but that's even more than that. Why? Because we don't agree. Jesus, why am I on this point? The reality is this was a foreign world. It's foreign. Ladies and gentlemen, I know you're part of the United States, but it's foreign. Hallelujah. I know wherever you live in at right now, in your city, it's foreign. Why? Because you don't belong there. You're in the hands of Satan, and you're not supposed to be there. And God wants you here today. And you have to understand that they live without compromise. The Bible says, let's go back to Daniel and let's read what it said. Let's read what it said in verse 8. Daniel chapter 1 verse 8. Let's, let's read it together. Let's read what it says. But Daniel, let me hear you. Let's stop here. Here's what it said. It says Daniel purposed. Yeah. That means he made it up in his heart already. He made it up in his heart already. He said, okay, he knew what his limit was. You can change your name, don't care, I know who I belong to. You can even change, you can tell me about the literature and all that stuff, and I'll learn of it. No problem. That's not against Jewish law, but here's what is against Jewish law. Eating things that are unclean, that are separated from pagan sacrifices, which is associated with the worship of foreign gods. That's what I'm against. I don't mind your politics. That's fine. I don't mind this, but when you start doing things that will hinder or try to get me to compromise in whom I believe and who my hope is in, that's when... I draw the line. Hallelujah. You have to have it purposed in your heart. There's a conviction that you must have. Because ladies and gentlemen, when you have that conviction, it will not, you don't care what is there. I don't care what the king says, nor do I care what this eunuch say. I, uh, he, and here's Daniel. Daniel was so graceful. He asked, like, listen, give, don't give me this. He requested, he made a request that he may not defile himself. Look, listen, you may have me in Babylon, but Babylon don't got my heart. <laughs> I might be here, but it don't got my heart. <laughs> my heart is fixed. Hallelujah. It's fixed in Jesus. Oh, my God. Trusting in God with all of my heart. And oh, my God, and acknowledging him. That, listen, I can do all everything else, but I'm not doing that. That's contrary to it's contrary to my belief, and, and this is what I'm leading to. This is what I want to show you, that number two, choosing to live a life of distinction is choosing a road less traveled. I told you Daniel and them were not the only young men that were chosen to be a part of the king's court. That weren't, they weren't the only ones in training. They sieged and got the smartest of the individuals who were in the way of the Hebrew. But guess what? It takes courage to say that I'm not going with the majority. 
Here's the problem with most people. You don't want to travel that road. Because you're so, you, you're so prone to want to follow what everybody else wants to do. And everybody else's road is not leading to the way of God. Ladies and gentlemen, you have to understand that this road that, that we're on, this walk with Christ, is a road that's less traveled. Why? Because Jesus is contrary to the world. The world tells you indulge in anything. Do whatever that pleases your soul. Go after your happiness. Jesus tells you deny yourself, pick up your cross, and follow me. And that's your way to life. That is so counterculture. <laughs> Jesus tells you, Jesus tells you to give, and it shall be given unto you. The world tells you why I give to anybody at all. That doesn't, that's so counterculture. Jesus tells you, ladies and gentlemen, if somebody hits you on the one cheek, turn the other way. Don't strike back. I haven't, you know. The Lord is still working on my distinction in this as it pertains to that. Because, listen, two, two piece right to the chest, one to the throat, all good for me. But listen. That's counterculture. It rubs me. Some things that Jesus says is, I'm, I'm trying to conform to that because it's so opposite. Hello, everyone. My name is Vernon Hill, Executive Director here at Transformation Christian Fellowship. What better way to grow in your Christian faith than in community with other believers? We invite you to be a part of Transform Life, our life groups here at TCF. Connect with any of our life groups for encouragement and support as you grow in your Christian faith. We're so excited to be able to walk this journey with you. Ladies and gentlemen, it's a road less traveled. And if it was such a road that many people would go on, everybody would do it. If it was easy. Because the Christian walk is about the denying of your gratification. It's not the robbing of joy. It's, you have to understand this. There is a joy that is not of this world that only you can tap into when you understand your distinction. There is a joy that the world presents that is temporary because the joy that the world presents is a joy that is based upon great things happening in your life. But the Bible says different that the joy of the Lord is your strength. That's a road. Let's travel. See, people think that you being in God, you can't have fun, you can't do this, and that's what the world wants you to think. Because it's a way of fun that has been presented to you to think that you're missing something because that has everything to do with self-gratification. And Jesus is saying, it ain't about self-gratification. Because self-gratification leads to destruction. What I'm trying to tell you is your gratification, your, satis uh, your, 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 your gratification and you feeling fully satisfied and whole is in me. Yeah, right. Not in anything else, but me. And when you understand that it's found in me, then you will understand that what I have intended for your life is so much greater than what you could even conjure up for yourself. That God says, I have plans towards you, plans of good and not of evil, plans to prosper you. Yes. 
We're not talking about just money alone and all of that. We're talking about a full life that is prosperous. In every area of your life. Ladies and gentlemen, you don't have to be rich to live a prosperous life. You don't have to have all the money in the world, even though that's nice, to have a great, to have a nice life. You don't. Because there's many people that have so many money still taking so much drugs and all of that stuff because there's no gratification. It's a road less traveled. Jesus told us it is a road less traveled. I have to move. Matthew 17, verse 13 and 14. This is what Jesus said. These are the words of Jesus. He said, enter by the narrow gate, for wide is the gate, and broad is the way that leads to what? Destruction. And there are many who what? Because this is a road that's less traveled. Because broad is the wide is the gate. And broad is the way. Because your pride will lead you to destruction. Pride becomes before the fall, ladies and gentlemen. And he says many people go by that way. Here's what he says in verse 14, though. Because narrow is the gate and difficult is the way which leads to life. And there are few who find it, not that there is difficulty to get to Jesus, but the difficulty is that that intruder inside of you trying to uh, that wants to keep raising up when you're trying to follow God. Hallelujah. It's that intruder on which uh, Paul talks about when I want to do well, evil is always present because the intruder hasn't gone anyway. The intruder is sin and it wants to raise itself up. It wants to come and cold and put a chokehold on me. But here's what he says. It's difficult because of that. Not because it's difficult to live for. It's not difficult to receive salvation. No, 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 no. It's difficult to continue to walk in it because there are going to be times where it is difficult that you don't want to choose to do what's right. There are times when you don't want to choose to do uh, what you know that you need to do with walking with God. Sometimes your flesh want to choose for you that day. You get what I'm saying? Sometimes you want to choose violence one day. It happens. That's why he says difficult because people don't want to preserve in this life. They don't want to persevere in this walk with Christ because this role was never to be meant to be easy. And for those of you who were taught that this word, just being with Jesus is all easy and I'm going to just have a good old time. I, you were told wrong. It's not easy keeping your flesh dead. It's not easy, but it's rewarding. Because I don't wake up with shame anymore. I don't wake up with condemnation. Why? Because it's better to live for God. Oh my God, to then live in the flesh and live in guilt and live in condemnation and live in the shame of my decision. That's why, yes, it may can be difficult, but it leads to life. Yes, it can be difficult, but it leads to favor. That's why it can be difficult, but whoever finds it, finds life. Jesus said there's a few who find it, but if you find it, you take a hold to life. My God. Say living for Jesus takes courage. 
Because you got to be courageous even when you still feel afraid. Hallelujah. You got to feel courageous to live in your distinction even though you know that if this doesn't go right, Daniel and them, if it don't go right, then I could end up, ladies and gentlemen, being, oh God, on, on the king's bad list. But listen, I don't care. It takes courageous. It takes courageous faith to live for Christ. Let's go to the third point here. Choosing to live a life of distinction will draw people outside of Christ to conform to the way of the Lord. This is important here. Let's go back to Daniel. Let's go back to Daniel. And let's hear. Let's start at verse 12 and we'll read our way down. Verse 12. Please test your servants for 10 days and let them give us vegetables to eat and water to drink. Verse 13, then let our appearance be examined before you and the appearance of the young men who eat the portion of the king's delicacies. And as you see fit, so deal with your servants. Verse 14, so he consented the eunuch, that's what I'm talking about, consented with them uh, in this manner and tested them 10 days. Verse 15, and at the end of the 10 days, their feature appeared better, fatter in flesh than all of the young men who ate the portion of the king's delicacies. Thus the steward took away their portion of delicacies and the wine that they were to drink and gave them vegetables. Let's stop right there. Here's what happens. You think that, see, here's the thing that is going on in the church right now that people think we have to do things, look the part, and all that stuff like that to meet people. All you got to do is live distinguished. That's what's going to draw people to come to Christ. Not what, not no fancy things you think you're going to do. Now you thinking that, oh, I must be with them. Listen, I ain't going to do nothing there, but I'm just going to show my faith. And you ain't even talking about Jesus, so come on, let's not do that. The reality of the matter is, is that when you really live a life of distinction, not saying that you're better than somebody because that's not what this is. It's living in who you're in your difference, living in who God called you to be. Then guess what happens? You look better. You sound better. You're in a better mindset than other people. Why? Because I'm walking in the way of the Lord. When you walk in the fear of the Lord, ladies and gentlemen, meaning when you walk in a reverence to God, God favored them. It wasn't so much the food, which it was, but it was the favor of God because what God did, what Daniel did is put his God to the test in 10 days because in that 10 day time, they were seeing how the God of the Hebrews could even move in the midst of a foreign culture. How will they know that there is a God? Hallelujah. How will they know who is there is a God only by his people that will stand for him? <laughs> he said, I'm not going to, because I don't, I don't partake of these delicacies. They were there. They look well off. They looked better than them who were partaking of the king's delicacies. <laughs> They weren't so caught up into trying to gratify their flesh. Hallelujah. Or wanted people to, oh, I don't want to not eat with them because I don't want them to make it seem like I'm, I'm trying to be funny. That's how people think sometimes. Yeah. It don't matter about trying to look funny. It's about knowing what's right and doing what's right when you're presented with the opportunity to do so. Said, I don't care about that. We're not going to eat of something that has been, we're offered up to other gods and defile ourselves. Yeah. 
And because of that, put me to the test for 10 days. If it don't work, then do whatever you're going to do. But after the 10 days, examine us. Let me tell you something. You are a living epistle written before man. I may tell you something, ladies and gentlemen. You got to understand that when you walk this way of God, when you've made a commitment to God, there are people that are trying to watch and examine how your life is turning out because of the commitment you made. And if it looks like God and your life is prospering, then people want to understand why is it that you have joy? Why is it that you have this peace? Don't you understand inflation is what it is? Yeah, I know it is what it is. But my God is able to supply all of my needs according to his riches and glory. Yeah, I'm standing in need for a house. Don't you know house prices have gone up? Yeah, I understand that. But I know that God has put seed for the sower. Let me tell you something. Yeah, I know I don't got all of what I need. But my God, no, my goodness, I've been young and I've been old. But I've never seen the righteous for a second. No, it's seed begging for bread. Hallelujah. I got to look like what I confess. I got to look like what I confess. I just got to be what I confess. I have to be what I confess. I'm trying to tell you, you don't got to try. You just got to be. Daniel wasn't trying to look distinguished. He was distinguished. He knew his distinction. And when you know your distinction, you know what you're not going to settle for. You know why marriages are failing in the Christian community? Because you don't realize your distinction. And you're trying to gratify flesh and not walk by the spirit. But if you walk by the spirit, you get discernment. And you can realize who is who and where they come from. You want to know why people are falling short and getting throwing this Christian thing away? Because they're not staying true in the distinction. Because they never believed they could be in the first place. Oh my God. But when I take a hold of this revelation, it changes my whole outlook on life. How do I know this, Matthew? <laughs> Matthew 5, 16. We're coming to a close. We're getting out of here. Let your light so shine. Let's read it together. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and do what? So they can do what? <laughs> I may can't change the way of the Chaldeans, but guess what? Slowly by surely, they can start taking upon my way of God. I, I may can't change everybody, but I throw all the things I can change. Hallelujah. That's why you are agent of change. You bring change to your house. You bring change to your workplace. Hallelujah. Let me tell you something. You walk in the authority of God wherever you go. Listen, I understand I'm not going to be able to change the whole world, but to the little few that's in my sphere of influence, somebody getting changed. Slowly but surely, slowly it starts by eating of the way of God, and then it gets into other things, because slowly but surely you're going to see transformation happen. <laughs> he said, let your light so shine before who? Man. It's not before God that you need the light to shine. He is the light. 
<laughs> I don't got to shine before God. I just got to shine. Oh, glory. I'm not trying to shine before God. He said I can shine because he's the light of the world. And because he's the light of the world, he said you are light. So why it needs to shine? It don't need to shine in here because I'm, a, I'm with, around other lights. But I need to shine where it's dark. If it's dark in my house, it better shine. That means you're too daggone dim. You gotta turn that light on up. Take that dimmer off and let that thing light up in there. If you got hell around you, light it up. My thing is, people of God, stop getting punked around like you don't know your difference. You are the light, bitch. You got authority to trample over snakes and scorpions, but I'm not rejoicing over that alone. I'm rejoicing that my name is written in the Lamb Book of Life, but he gave it to me, so I might as well use it. Hallelujah. He's given me the power to do it in his name, under his authority. Hallelujah. He's given me the keys of the kingdom. All I got to do is run with the keys I've been given. You feel yourself going to a mental breakdown. You better wake up to your difference. Sometimes you got to be reminded who you really are and what you're really about. Get my mind right like this mind. Be in me, which was also in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. Oh my goodness, whatever things are pure, whatever things are, let me think on that. Hallelujah. I got to let my mind go into thinking on God when I feel the weight of the world crushing down on me. Certain things happen in your home. Certain things happen around you. Try to get your mind wrong. But you got to get your mind right because it can go there. The The mind can drift because your flesh is trying to drift to that dark place. Oh, my goodness, but many are the afflictions of the righteous. Oh, but it's the Lord that delivers them from them all. Woo! Let it shine, and so it can come, though people can come and know your God. Let your light shine when the love of your life or the love, one that's going away to be with God and they're trying to figure out how you're going to make it alone. Let it shine. Let it shine when you feel like you're depressed, but yet you hung on to the words of God to know he will keep me in perfect peace. Let it shine. Look at somebody say, turn that light on. Come on, tell them, turn it on. What are you doing? Turn it on. It's too dark. You got to let that light shine. The world is waiting for the sons and daughters of God. Creation is waiting and mourning. Oh, my God, for the sons and daughters to arrive. Yes, what we hear, but you got to wake up and turn that light on. Say, I'm distinguished. I just got to be. Hallelujah. This revelation going to hit you the rest of your life. You're going to be reminded of this crazy preacher who just believes that I can just be. And what God called me to be. That I can take away the checklist. And I can take away what I think I'm not worthy of. And just go off of what God says I'm worthy to do. 
Well, we got to move. Lastly, 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 the way of God is difficult, but it's a way of favor. Listen to this. Choosing to live a life of distinction will bring great favor in your life. Daniel chapter 1 verse 17. Let's all read together. As for these four young men, God gave them knowledge and skill in all literature and wisdom. And Daniel had understanding in all visions and dreams. Who did it? When somebody asks you how you are and where you are, what you going to tell them? <laughs> I'm not that smart, but guess who did it? God did it. And how did he do it? Because we live for him. It was because of reverence that God did what he did. That he superseded this the natural way of knowledge and gave them a super to hit that natural knowledge and made them distinguish from any soothsayer, any magician, any person and gave Daniel the ability to tell the dream because when you get to Daniel chapter 2 there King Nebuchadnezzar has a dream but all them Jokers who were of the Chaldean way, they couldn't tell of the dream because they couldn't use manipulation to get it. But there was a God that existed, oh my God, before time and gave them the knowledge to Daniel. And Daniel interpreted that dream. Why? Because of the favor of the Lord was upon him. Look at somebody say, you don't got to suck up to anybody to get what you're going to get. All I got to do is follow God. All I got to do is follow the way of God. Because what happened for him was the king brought him in his court. Your gift will make room for you. It will bring you there. But you got to have a reverent spirit. You got to have a spirit that's contrite. You got to have a spirit of humility. You want to be elevated. Get low. You want to get elevated? Stop trying to think you got to kiss up to this person. Do this. Do that. Uh-uh. All you got to do is be in your difference. Bible says that God gave them knowledge. Hallelujah. Yeah, they got knowledge from the teachings of them, but the knowledge that they got superseded. The wisdom that they got superseded. I'm not making this up. This is what the Bible said. And gave them skill in all literature. In their own way, God gave them more knowledge in their, in their, own, in their own theology. And Daniel had understanding in all visions and all dreams. Hallelujah. Hey. Hallelujah. The way of the righteous is prosperous. The way of the righteous will lead you into some doors. The way of the righteous will give you opportunity. I don't know who I'm preaching to or talking to here or online, but you better understand that all you need to do is wait on the Lord and be of good carriage, and he will strengthen thine heart. Yeah, let me tell you something. Sometimes it feels like doing what's right doesn't get rewarded, and you can end up like Asaph and say, why is the evil being blessed? Why are they prospering? Why does it seem like people who don't want to live 
live for God. Guess what? Satan is their king too. But God has a way of taking what you think it ain't getting away with and telling you, listen, just hold on for a second because you're going to see that demise. But if you stay walking in my name and if you stay focused on me, I will open up the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing that you have no room enough to receive. Hallelujah. It's a choice to live distinguished. Don't nobody gonna make you do it. You gotta choose to. Because if you make the choice to live set apart, God will set you apart before men. Hallelujah. He'll sit you at the table of kings and and queens and princes and prince. Put you before the table of businessmen and CEOs. Put you in the table of people who can make decisions for your company. Put you in front of people, ladies and gentlemen, can help your church. Put you in front of people that will push you into your purpose and push you into your destiny. But you have to make that decision today to live for him. This is the reality. (laughs) This is what's reality. If you make that decision. Hallelujah. I'm not going to live in the way of the Chaldean. I'm going to live in the way of the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And I'll end with this. And it's the same thing that Solomon told us in the book of Ecclesiastes. He says, in my final conclusion. (laughs) Vernon, as I conclude the matter tonight this morning as I concluded this afternoon to let you know this what what Solomon said the wisest man that has ever lived and walked this planet hallelujah one of the wisest people that God gave wisdom to he said I'm like at the end of the day the conclusion of the matter is love God fear God and do his commandments fear God and do his commandments let me tell you something today fear God that means have a reverence for him honor him worship him as the only true and living God and follow what he says do and guess what that will lead you to where he's going to do in your life that's all you got to do is just be if you fear him that's a part of being hallelujah if you do his commandments that's a part of being hallelujah <laughs> stand to your feet I'm finished all you gotta do is be it and that door gonna swing open for somebody in this room but you gotta persevere hallelujah the bible says you are in need of great endurance hallelujah you're in need of endurance but you gotta choose <laughs> you gotta choose to live a life of distinction God has a way of favor for your life but you got to choose to live in your difference hallelujah because if you live in this if you just if God is trying to get his people to understand this year stop thinking that the answers is found in any other thing but me Stop thinking all of this other stuff people run to because you think that that's going to give you wholeness and think your mind going to come together and it ain't going to do anything for you until you surrender to the almighty hand of God. Hallelujah. Humble yourself before the mighty hand of God. Oh, and he will exalt you in due time. 
God. Hallelujah. One thing I've learned in my seven years of preaching and pastoring this church is one thing I learned is that God has a funny way of humbling you to the point where as though you know that when you get in positions like this, you know it was nothing but God that got you to where you are because you made a decision to live in your distinction. <laughs> Woo, glory to your name this morning. Hallelujah. Lift your hands to heaven. I think God's going to do something in this moment for somebody in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. We're getting out of here, but honor God right here. Ask God for forgiveness right here if you have to. For there are times where you didn't live in your distinction. Times where you thought that it could be found other ways. But it ain't found in any other thing but Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, my Father. Thank you, my Father. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, my Father. We honor you, O oh God, because, Lord, your way is right. Your way still remains proven. And it has lasted the test of time. Lord, we thank you this morning, O oh God, that your way leads to righteousness. And it leads to life. Hallelujah. You know the way to life. And you're trying to give, and you gave it, you gave it to us through his, through your son, Jesus today. And let us receive him and let us walk in step with him today. Let us be renewed, let's be transformed into his image in the name of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Just a few more moments. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Thanks for listening to the Get Transformed podcast. We hope that you would subscribe so you can continue to be empowered by the latest message. For more information about Transformation Christian Fellowship or Pastor Brandon Hill, visit our website, transformationchristianfellowship.org, or download our free mobile app on the App Store or Google Play Store. If you would like to support this ministry, simply text TCF1 to the number 94000 or visit our website. We thank you for your generosity and for listening to the Get Transformed podcast. And remember, transformation starts here.